bitches! We're back on air. Ooh, it has been some time. Yeah. And when I say we were down, we were down. Yeah, it's like only in your eyes been like, not your eyes, like listeners' eyes, <laughs> been a week for them. But like, it's been like, what, like three weeks almost pretty much for us? Something like that. Yeah, we were going to do a New Year's show for you, but uh, we got the vid. Yeah, the vid got the best of us. And um, mine wasn't as bad. Mine was just very tired, very fatigued, did not want to get out of bed for like anything. Um, and a very heavy sore throat, like swallowing glass for a few days. That sounds pleasant. So talking was not really a thing I wanted to do. Yeah, I feel like podcasting mixed with like horrible pains in your throat is probably not like the best mixture in the world. And when I say me and Kay did not have the care to even try to do it through Zoom, like... Oh no. We... I can't even imagine us trying to attempt that, like, feeling the way that we did. We didn't even really <laughs> call each other on the phone. It was either a Marco Polo video with blackness so we yes. could see each other because we were just laying there in the dark talking. With, like, very faint voices. Or, like, texting, like, are you okay? <laughs> you still you surviving? St- I'm okay. You still hanging you? in there? <laughs> but we're back. We're good. We're healthy. We're going to kick off the show today with a good one. Yes. We got a special guest. Charlotte Lentini in the house. What, what? Okay, they can't see a wave. You gotta just say hi. hi. Oh, the quietest oh, hi. Hi! There, there we, we go. go. <laughs> a little shy, a little shy. We got an audience member again. Two. Yeah, Phoebe's in here with us too. Oh, yep. <laughs> so, um,. Before we get started, I do want to say um, I have to give a little uh, a little shout out to the queen. She passed away, my Betty White. Like, Girl. the last day of the year. It, it was like the saddest New Year's ever. But I think she didn't want to bring 2020 down on a bad note. Yeah. So she's like, let's just get it all before. Right. Let's not take that world to 2022. You know, and I could see, she's so, she's so giving. I could see her thinking that, you know. And it was funny though, because ironically, like two days before she passed away, I randomly put in the proposal and watched it. (sighs) It was like a sign. It was like a farewell. I know when my sister told me, that she passed we were like in the same room and she was like Betty White did Betty White die or is this just like a joke because in the past years I feel like a few times it's gone around where it's like Betty White died but then you look it up and it's like no she didn't die people are just stupid assholes but she actually did and I was really really sad me too and then also uh what up best friend Dax Shepard hey Monica Padman (laughs) How's it going? <laughs> One day this will catch up to you and you guys will hear it. One day. They'll be like, oh my gosh, stalkers. <laughs> and then I'll get a phone call saying, Dex Shepard asked um, if you'd please stop saying hi to him online. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's going to come to the door and be like, um, you've been served. <laughs> please don't say his name no more. Yeah. <laughs> so, um... We are going to start off today with a story, um, and it's a sad one. So I do want to give kind of any trigger warnings, um, because this is a heartbreaking story of 
child abuse, child abuse, and murder of a young girl, child star actor. So, just want to put that out there before it gets started. It's not going to be a an easy fun case. No, not at all. But before we get started, Crystal, what are we drinking? Yes, we are drinking the very delicious Saint Julian tradition san traditional sangria. Um, it's amazing. I mean, I feel like all sangria is amazing, but we really hype up St. Julian. I just got to say. We do. And this pick, I think, was good because me and Crystal made fajitas for dinner tonight. It was so like a good combo. It was a it nice was, uh, nice mix. He had the tunes playing. We were cooking, eating. It was a real vibe. So, Okay, without further ado. Judith Barzi was born in Los Angeles County, California on June 6th of 1978. The daughter of Yosef Istvan Barzi, which let me tell you, Yosef, if you listen to our past shows, you know that is not a good name. Yeah, not a good theme going on with the Yosefs out there. And I do want to give a shout out to Charlotte because when I was doing it, she was helping with some of the research. She pointed out to me that that's a terrible name and the coincidence that it happened to be. Mm-hmm. So... The two immigrated at the different times, and they met at a restaurant in California where Maria worked as a server, and they both had previously been married before, um, but we'll get into that. So her father, well, he was a drunk ass who beat up Judith's mother from time to time, blaming his shortcomings on being bullied as a kid, didn't have a good childhood, a missing father figure. But I'm not going to spend a lot of time on his past, though, because... He's the biggest piece of shit who doesn't deserve any pity. And I'm sorry, but I do not feel sorry for him. Yeah, there's a time and place when, I mean, it's horrible when people go through tough past lives. But, like, you got to take responsibility and Learn from choose it, to be a better person. Yes. Mm-hmm, exactly. So, Yosef wouldn't let Maria work or really leave the house that much. But Maria, you know, she was okay with that. She didn't like the idea of daycare anyway for Judith. So this just means that she can raise her daughter herself. Maria was obsessed with Hollywood and movies. She wanted to be an actress herself, but her piece of crap husband kind of messed that up for her and just wouldn't let her have her dream. So she decided, you know what, I will teach my daughter to act. And don't get this twisted because Judy had so much fun doing this. Like, this was not a punishment. It was more of, let's see if she will catch on to it and enjoy doing it. And Judith did love doing it. So Judith, she beat the 10,000 to 1 odds when she was discovered at San Fernando Valley Skating Rink at the age 5 half in 1983. Sadly, because of her smaller demeanor, she was mistaken for a three-year-old, but uh, who cares? She was adorable, she was sweet, smart, and uh, it kind of jump-started her career. Yeah, hey, I mean, she would take it if, you know, I mean, who cares if they thought she was younger? Yeah, due to her unusually short height, she started to receive hormone injections. Um, She was only 3'8 at the age of 10. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, you think people worry about you being short? Look how short she was at 10. Sorry, I was talking to my daughter. 
Um, her first commercial was for a Donald Duck orange juice commercial, um, which I will try to put the YouTube video for because it's so cute. Uh, Judith also appeared in 72 commercials, including Toys R Us, Top Ramen, Campbell's Soup, Jif Peanut Butter, among many others. While filming the commercial for Campbell's Soup, it was a tomato soup commercial, she had to do so many takes afterwards, they said she never ate tomato soup again. Aww, she was like sick of it. <laughs> she also did Ducky in The Land Before Time. And provided the voice for Anne-Marie in the animated All Dogs Go to Heaven in 1989. The movie was released nearly a year and a half after the tragic death. I just have to say, like, I will never watch that movie the same again. Yeah, it's it's pretty sad. Yeah. Also making cameos in hit shows such as Not Landing, Growing Pains, Cheers, Punky Brewster, Remington Steel... And the Jaws movie, I think it's number four, called Jaws Revenge. I could keep going, but she's got a long resume. Like, yeah, and the time she's a 10. lot of really good stuff for being so young. Like, she really was becoming, like, such a, like, a little star. She was so cute. Judith, aside from acting, she loved to be outside. She loved riding her bike, playing with the sprinkler with her friends. She also loved sunflowers, just Anything outdoorsy. Um, she was just the picture-perfect little girl. By the time she entered fourth grade, she was pulling in an estimated $100,000 a year. She bought her family a nice four-bedroom house on a quiet street in West Hill. Judith was soaring, and her father was becoming increasingly abusive and constantly threatening to kill his wife and daughter. CPS was called numerous of times, but Maria was reluctant to press charges, and many of the reports or accounts that were emotionally filed, they were not physical at the time, so she did not pursue them. Judith's mom, Maria, once reported to the police about his behavior, but Maria pressed no charges. There was no substantial evidence. Joseph, uh, Judith's father, I'm sorry, Yosef, Judith's father snapped out of his drinking habit, but his rage episodes continued. He would often threaten them and would not let them out of sight. He threatened to kill them multiple times. One notable occasion was when Judith and Maria were leaving the film Jaws, The Revenge, in the Bahamas. Yosef approached his young daughter with a knife and told her that if they didn't come back immediately after the film, he would slit her throat. Yosef was open with friends that he wanted to kill his wife and daughter. However, they did not take it serious. They thought he was just, you know. Oh, that is, like, so heartbreaking, like, that people heard him literally say these things and nobody did anything about it. Yeah. And, like, if she was bringing in that much money, couldn't, like, they leave him? I don't, I just don't know why she would want to stay with him. For him, literally him threatening to kill her daughter, like, ugh. This rage turned into a physical abuse as he started throwing things at Judith and caused her physical injuries. The abuse had significant impact on Judith's mental health, and she started acting strangely. She would at times pluck out her own eyelashes, and she would even 
pull the whiskers off of her cat. Poor cat. It's always the, the cats. Heck? It's always the cats. Her agent noticed that she started putting a lot of weight on and just a lot of drastic changes in her attitude. Um, at one of her jobs, there was a point where she was crying and out of the blue, I'm sorry, she was singing and then out of the blue, she just started crying uncontrollably. It was unprovoked. She didn't get in trouble. She didn't get yelled at. She was just doing her thing and then all of a sudden just turned into tears. Um, her agents and directors, though, they were so patient with her and they tried to talk her through, figure out what's going on. They just loved and adored her and seen so much in her that they just, they always tried to do whatever they could to help. She was even sent to a children's psychiatrist who identified that Judith has been facing psychological and physical abuse. The psychologist went to Children's Protection Services and the investigation was started. Now, in 1986, Maria went to the police to report the abuse. Neither she or Judith had any proof of it. So Maria did not proceed with the charges. Um, Judith had told people about the abuse that included Yosef hitting her with a pan, causing her nose to bleed. At this point, was Maria still with Yosef? Were they yes. still together and yes. living together? Yes. Mm, As, you know, we'll keep going, but she, she never leaves. Mm. Um, so according to National Enquirer article, Maria had rented a house. It was um, about a $700 apartment at the Regency Premier located at 8525 Tobias Avenue, number 314, in Panorama City, California. And she was all set to go. And this was like directly across the street from the mall. Now, I'm not sure why she picked the location, but apparently it was a good one for her. And it wasn't too far away. And it wasn't too close. Actually, it wasn't even far enough away from Joe, but she was going to, you know, try to go for it. Um, so, Joseph had suspected that Maria was moving out and followed her one day. And he noticed her carrying boxes into the apartment and asked her about it. Maria did reply that she was giving some items to a friend who just got an apartment. The boxes has been in her car for a while and um, she was just helping out a friend. Now, she feels that uh, Yosef did not believe her and sensed that things would get worse, so she canceled the apartment. Mm. Um, she even tried to make the house look like a pigsty. She's that, and she was like a neat freak, like OCD, so it was very unlike her, but she stopped cleaning, she stopped wearing makeup, stopped showering, you know, yeah. Basically, she was trying to get Yosef to leave her willingly. Like, if I can't leave you, maybe I'll just make him so gross and turned off that he'll just leave me. Right. Um, but she wanted to, but she did maintain that she wanted her belongings with her. She did not want to lose any of uh, the stuff in it. She didn't, you know, she had been waiting on a $12,000 tax refund check. And she didn't want him to get it. So she just uh, proceeded to live there um, to help Judith out to just basically how life was going. Um, Judith's co-star from Growing Pains, Tracy Gold, she even tried to help out, but Maria resisted. 
Um, he always had affairs, and I'm not not just sex. Like he had girlfriends. He would take out, buy gifts for, like just blatantly in front of Maria. But if Maria dare tried to leave, he told her, he would kill Judith and make Maria suffer life without her daughter. What an evil freaking man! Yeah. Gosh. After talking to friends, they said they were just gonna move to a new spot. Maria, or just moved to a new spot, like he'll never know and she responded with you know what it's not fair why should i have to move i wanted the big house i'm the one that you know got this going and proceeded to talk about more material things now i'm sorry like what like your daughter is in danger you've been threatened many times to be killed she's been threatened with a night like all this stuff and you're more worried about possessions than your daughter's life now, I'm not blaming Maria, but this is like a big WTF moment is being had in my brain. Yeah, like priorities, Maria. <laughs> I don't understand that at all. Like, I think there are more serious issues at hand than whatever you own and the things that you have. Those don't matter in this situation at all. Yeah. So, on July 25th, 1988, hot summer day, again, like I said... Judith was being a little girl. She was outside riding her bike, playing in the sprinkler with her neighborhood friends, just enjoying the summer day. That evening, she came in and, you know, tired from having a full summer day, she sweetly went in her room to go to sleep. Yosef, shortly after that, walked down the hall, walked in her room, pointed the gun, and shot her in the chest while she slept. Oh my gosh. Maria was awakened by the gunshot. She got up and she ran down the hall, but was stopped by Yosef. And this is where they struggled. Um, He got her down on the floor and then he shot her in the head. Yosef then stayed in that same house for the next two days after murdering them, leaving their bodies lie where they were killed. After the two days, he poured gasoline on the bodies and sent them on fire. Later, he shot himself in the garage with his own pistol. <sighs> Howard's way out. Seriously. Like, what? what is the point? I don't even understand. Like, what was the point of that? Because he, he's a big piece of shit. Yeah. Like, the biggest piece. Like, what if he, he got nothing out of it? Not that he would have anyways, but I just mean... What is the point of taking their two innocent lives if you're just going to kill yourself anyways? Yeah. Horrible he probably would have been killed in prison anyway. Mm-hmm. On Wednesday, July 27th, um, the Eunice Daly, um, it was, he is the neighbor next door. He heard the loud bang while watering his plants. The house had been set on fire and later the Barcy's bodies would be discovered shot dead. All of Judith's toys that were not destroyed by the fire were given to a local Goodwill, and her best friend continued to feed her cats for months after. She had five cats, just a side note. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until Judith didn't show up to finish All Dogs Go to Heaven that both the director, Don Bluth, um, got the news. She had missed an audition for Hannah Barbera, for a role in an upcoming TV cartoon series on Monday. Um, She was found dead in her home two days later. She wanted to continue to be a voice actress to adulthood. 
She adored her experiences in working with Don Bluth in her two project films and wanted to continue working with him on future projects. So those were, that was the last scene she ever did. Those were the last words ever recorded. And that was the scene from All Dogs Go to Heaven. Are those her last words? Yes, those were the last recorded. No, like, not her last words in life, but. (laughs) But in film and everything. You never know. Yeah, that's so heartbreaking to hear. I feel like if I lived with her, I'd be afraid to say anything. Yeah. yeah, she probably yeah, was afraid to say anything. Was. That's why it went on for so long. And that's why she resulted in pulling her eyelashes out and nervous. Mm-hmm. You know, her attitude changed and she gained weight the and, you know. Cat's whiskers. Yeah. Yeah. Poor cat. Poor probably cat. just so anxious that she didn't even know what to do. So she wanted to be a voice actress, like I said. Um, and she just truly loved doing it. Um she said her favorite role um, that she ever did was Ducky in The Land Before Time. Or say the yip 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 part, but that's okay. It was Ducky. Um, she was buried with her mother on August 9th, 1988, at the Forest Lawn Cemetery in Hollywood Hills, California, 
but a marker wasn't added to Judith's or her mother's plot until Monday of August 23rd, 2004. And the markers read, In memory of the lovely Judith Barzi, 1978 to 1988, our concrete angel. Yep, yep, yep. Which, that's what Ducky always said mm-hmm. in the for a time, if you guys are not familiar with it. Why did it take so long for... Um, I'm not sure if nobody could afford it, or oh. I don't know if they didn't have any family. But this was all complimentary of fans. Oh, that's um, amazing. They did a fundraiser. The efforts was led by Nancy Kelly, and with the gratitude of many fans, the headstone was purchased for Maria and Judith. That's awesome. Hopefully, Yosef was just thrown down a sewer. Yeah, seriously. Uh, Tracy Gold, Misty Gold, and Brandy Gold, um, they read a poem called Child of Mine by Edgar Allan Poe, um, and that was part of the eulogy. Lance Guest, he played her father in Jaws Revenge in 1987. He served as one of the pallbearers for her. So you can tell she definitely touched everybody she talked to and worked with. And her half-brother, yeah, I'm getting there. Um, Barna Barzi came down with a chronic alcoholic disease, and he committed suicide by throwing himself off a bridge in Scottsdale, Arizona in 1995. Mm. Oh, did I forget to mention this part? So at the age of 19, Yosef, um, fled his now communist-ruled homeland after 1956 Soviet occupation. He initially settled in France and was married to a fellow Hungarian refugee named Clara. 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 Um, with whom he had two children with: a son named Barna, um, which was born in 1957. He died in 95, and a daughter named Agi which was in 1958 to 2008. Yusuf soon developed a drinking problem and began to physically abuse his wife. Pattern, pattern, pattern. Yeah. Again, this is why I said I do not feel bad for this piece of shit because he claims he was fatherless, but he abandoned his first family and started a new one. Yeah, talk about a hypocrite. So you're not that upset of not having a father if you can do it to your other kids. Exactly. I don't know if they knew about it or not. I didn't say. They left. They were still, I think, in the UK. They weren't in. In the US or anything. Well, maybe because it said he went to Scottsdale. was in Scottsdale, Arizona. So, yeah. So the family moved to New York in 1964. Mm. Uh, Yosef extended his abuse to his son, prompting his daughter to escape with the children to Arizona five years later. Although... Yosef attempted to reconcile with his family, and Clara filed for divorce after he threw a cast iron skillet at her in a drunken rage. Again, with the pans. Yeah. I mean, her second, his second wife? First wife. Um, shortly after the divorce, Yosef moved to California, where he worked as a plumbing contractor. There he met Maria, the waitress in Los Angeles restaurant known as the Meeting Place for Immigrants. So, obviously, it was a popular thing. Um, Another fun fact is that for Judith and her television appearance, her first gig ever was, uh, or movie, was called Fatal Vision in 1984, and she played Kimberly McDonald, who was murdered by her father, Jeffrey R. McDonald, 
along with her pregnant mother, Colette, and younger sister, Kristen, on February 17, 1970, in a tragic case of a Lifetime movie. And uh, it was just kind of a very sad coincidence that it turned out to be. Yeah, like the same exact thing that happened to her. Yeah. Um, so, and then another little fun fact I did find, in 2001, the Bernal family moved to moved into the house in L.A. where Judith Barzi and her mother were murdered 13 years before. Um, after moving in, they started feeling strange occurrences and presence in some dark entities in the house. Mm, that's, like, not even surprising. Which is, because the house there. burned down and they had to rebuild it and fix it, so yes. it kind of still stayed. Right. Um, according to Gabby Bernal, who slept in the bedroom, Judith's bedroom, she was, where she was murdered. She says she suffered horrific nightmares. Um, they also reported that the garage doors would open and close by themselves randomly. And they even felt cold spots in the house, in the hallway, which is where the mother was murdered. I thought she was so, murdered in the bedroom. Huh? Yeah, I thought she was murdered in the bedroom. Judith was murdered in the bedroom. The mom was murdered in the hallway trying to get to into her bedroom. Um, due to these paranormal activities, the family decided to renovate the home and get rid of the dark spirits. But don't worry, the neighbors filled them in have why these were happening. I bet. <laughs> um, it also said that it appeared in 2020. It was featured on an episode of Murder Flip House. I watched that and I don't remember this. I'll have to go back and maybe I didn't see that one. I'll have to watch it again. Was Amity Um, I believe it that one on there? Probably. Well, did they... F- well, like, probably. I guess they would have flipped that. They're short little episodes. Just... You probably even need to... What about the girl in the basement house? Since it wasn't in the house? No. Because nobody was really murdered there. Yeah? Ooh. The baby died. That was not really the same well, as... It was mom. murdered. It... Yes, in a different way. Mm-hmm. But, like, nobody has that door on their house, though. That's different. Mm-hmm. That door. What door? He had to move the the cabinet to get to all those doors to get it in the basement. Yeah. Most people don't have that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> they shouldn't. That's, that. <laughs> That's suspicious. So, um, and then also the song Love Survives is used in the end credits of All Dogs Win. Um, that song was dedicated to her final gift and farewell from the cast and crew. Also, as the CPS goes the caseworker was looked into they had 67 cases normal cps worker is supposed to only have 50 so the ball was dropped because of overwork and this is sad because this still happens today oh, yeah like they are just so overworked that when you know maria said you know oh i'm i'm gonna move out i got a place because she did have the apartment but it fell through the caseworker was like okay she's got her shit together i'm done and pushed it aside and didn't look back into it and balls like, were dropped and yeah. it turned tragic. I feel like even 50 cases is a lot to handle and so the fact that they're like overworked and this is in the 80s. Top of that, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, and I'm not I don't want to, you know, the the LA um I don't know what you call it like with the CP child services uh-huh. and of them the death threats and they like the people spoke like how mm. angry they were and you know she got scolded and in trouble and whatever for 
um, dropping the case. And, I mean, I feel for her if she's that overworked. But at the same time, I also feel like, uh, I don't know, like, you yeah. can't just let these kids be blown in the wind. I'm like, sure after that happened, she, I would hope at least, looked very deeply into cases from then on out. And I'm sure she had the utmost regret and oh, resentment yeah. and just like, oh my God, what did I do? I'm sure she felt terrible. Her guilt probably ate away at her, I'm sure, yeah. Because she could have been the preventative measure in that situation. On a side note, there is supposedly a headshot of Judith Barzi showing a gunshot to the head that can be possibly, that could be her, so they say. Um, but because her body was literally incarcerated, incinerated, for um, being in a fire, um, if you see this picture at findadeath.com, um, Chances are, one, probably not true, but two, feel free to email it to us and uh, let us know because I'd be kind of curious to see how you can find a picture of a woman with a bullet in her head when he burnt the house down with the bodies inside. So, yeah, um, just a heads up if you see that, it's probably not real. And then, uh, lastly, this story, if it has touched you in some way, you can support Judith at... Uh, the Judith Fund, uh, judith-barzy.com and or Child Help USA organization for which this is a prevention and treatment for child abuse. So it's not really supporting Judith, but it's supporting, it's a foundation in her name. So um, if you want to do a contribution or help in some way, that is a legit um, foundation you can go and help out at abuse children Ugh, horrible story it it's terrible like gut-wrenching seriously yes. especially hearing her little voice like because i i obviously i've watched all um all dogs go to heaven and land before time and all that when i was younger and i like never knew that that was the story or that that little girl went through any of it. So it's just so sad to like hear behind the scenes of what her life turned out to be. And she had so much potential to be such an amazing star in Hollywood, you know, and her crazy ass dad just ripped that away from her. And the fact that you can be jealous of your daughter and she's supporting us. Right. Like she's financially bringing in. Yeah. Yeah. So you can go and sit in a corner and drink all damn day. Just let her do her thing. Yeah, that's just... He's awful. Why was he jealous of? Huh? Why was he jealous? That she was making money. She was successful. He, People loved he, her. If you were nice, he could have. But you're right. Like, how... That's a good question. Like, how do you become jealous of your daughter? Like, yeah, because he has mental issues. I couldn't be jealous of you. I could be envious of you. Like, oh my God, Charlotte's doing things that I wish I would have done or, you know, went to a path. But I would never be jealous of you. I would be, like, so happy for you and mm -hmm. grateful that you're living the way you want to live and doing the things that I wish I would have done. I would have been like, God, yeah, you want better for your kids. Yeah. And unfortunately, he was too sick to have that. 
if he was a good guy, he could have made something out of himself. Hmm? If he was a good guy, he could have made something out of himself. He could have, you know, and even if he had struggles, um, it doesn't mean kill your wife and kid. He could have... Or yourself. He could have overcome those struggles. Yeah. If he stepped up and took responsibility. Absolutely. Okay, so we are a little behind, but we did pick our contest winners. Yes, we so got a we, contest winner for the Gizmo Gremlins. We have Justin Henry from Vero Beach, Florida. Woo! Congratulations. So, and then we have second place, we have Lorenzo Lantini coming in second from Southgate, Michigan. Congratulations. So we will be sure to get your prizes. Thank you for donating as usual. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's a good way to end the night tonight. Yeah, definitely. Ending it on a positive note uh, Thank you for a very for... sad episode. <laughs> Thank you for listening. And uh, we cannot wait to be back again next week with another fresh story for you. Yes, definitely. Um, and yeah, till then, stay creepy. And stay safe. Stay yeah, more well. importantly, stay safe. Because it's crazy out there. It's rough out there. Yep, yep. And then, oh, yep, yep. <laughs> he <laughs> gots to go. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.